Let the admonishing commence. This podcast is produced by medical professionals who also have type 1 diabetes. First and foremost, we are two type 1s trying to spread the word about life with diabetes. Please don't go off and do anything we discuss without first talking to your own diabetes care provider. Because it works for us doesn't mean it'll work for you. Sometimes it doesn't even work for us. You have been duly admonished. Now sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip. Oh, wait, wrong story. How about we just get comfortable and enjoy the ride? Welcome to that One Type Podcast. Uh, my name is Tim, and across the table from me is Tisha, and perpendicular to both of us is Trevor, our wonderful sound guy. Um, so today, um, we are going to talk about training camp. So every superhero, has once they get their powers and have lived in them for a little bit, has to go to training camp to learn how to finesse and fine-tune their, their skills. And our skills are staying alive and managing day-to-day life with diabetes. But before we do that, we need to throw this disclaimer thing in there. We're probably not going to tell you anything that um, might cause you any ill harm or harm of any kind, uh, but just know that these are things that we have done and we have tried, and we're not suggesting that you do it, but if you hear something that you think might work for you or kind of would be helpful, uh, talk to your practitioner about it, your healthcare provider, your doctor, your nurse practitioner, your PA, whomever is managing your diabetes along with you. Um, don't go rogue and uh, harm yourself potentially because, as you know, uh, there is a fine line between what works and what doesn't work, and we want it all to work for you, but we also want somebody to be aware of what you're doing. So with that being said, you have been warned. Um, so we are going to talk about camp. Both Tisha and I have attended diabetes camp when we were younger, uh, and so we're going to talk about um, experiences there and how we got there and just life in camp and uh, I attended camp back in Maryland at Camp Glendon. It's no longer uh, in operation but uh, it was for many 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 years. It was one of the first camps of its kind uh, and uh, Tisha what camp did you go to? Uh, camp here in New Mexico. It didn't have a name? It did. Oh. It called Diabetes Camp. <laughs> it was called Diabetes Camp. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, there was two locations. One was up by Hemis, and the other one's uh, closer, more into Santa Fe. Okay, so you went to camp up here. Yes. Uh, so there's also one down south. Yes. Yeah. Okay. There was, and then they moved it to up by Santa Fe. Oh, okay. So the one so in El Capitan moved up mm-hmm. to Santa Fe? Yeah. Because I thought the one in El Capitan was still in effect. Oh, no. It was Huh. the other way around. Because we used to drive by Hemis when I would go to camp. Okay. Well, we'll find out where it is this year because the ADA has said, provided we don't get another massive wave of COVID, they will be opening up this summer. So, Ooh, uh, that's cool. We will find um, out where it is because uh, we do have plans of at least helping out. Yeah, uh, definitely. So, um, But as you guys know, uh, November is Diabetes Awareness Month. Like I said last time, it doesn't get enough awareness that nope. it should get. And um, the awareness that it does have, it's misconstrued yes. a lot. Absolutely. And um, there's just not enough information. And I think sending your kids to, di- to juvenile diabetes camp 
is a great way for them to learn, okay, one, they're not alone. They're not alone, no. Two, they could teach their friends about it right. in a good way so they don't have to hide it. Right, exactly. We shouldn't be hiding what we have. We didn't cause it, um, and we have to live with it. It's not going away yet. Uh, so, yeah, um, Diabetes Camp is a great way to learn um, how to accept. If, you're, if your child has diabetes and they're not really accepting what's going on, especially if they're the only kid in class or the only kid wherever, um, to be around kids. How many kids, when you were at camp, how many kids were in a session? Oh, they're completely full. Which means what? We had, we went by grade level, and they had like 10 kids per grade level. Okay. So roughly 70. R yeah. Roughly 70 kids. 70. Okay. Well, there was, yeah, every grade level until 12. So every Until 12, kid. so that's 120. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's boys and girls. Right. And you right. both do attend the same camp at the same right. time. Right, so it's a co-ed camp, and, it, and your camp was a sleepaway camp. Yes. So. And they have more than one session sometimes. Mm -hmm. just depending on how many kids register. Right. But I took a lot. I mean, I went my first year that I was diagnosed with diabetes, gave my first shot there. Right. Um, it was fun. I met some friends there, had a boyfriend there. You had a boyfriend was, there. Yes. It was one of the best weeks of my life. I Because you had a boyfriend there, that's why. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, that helps. A little bit. Yeah. Okay. Um. It was one of the... I looked forward to it every year. How many years did you go? All of them. All of them. <laughs> let, let, let's try to... How was this year? <laughs> right, how was this year? It was fabulous. You didn't go? <laughs> I was a counselor. You were a counselor. You were hiding in the back in the sound booth. Yeah, making sure everything sounded um, good. I went yeah. all four years. For four years. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah, I only went for two. Um, the Camp Camp Glendon... Um, we uh, we had 150, 200 kids a session. Um, and when I was there, sessions were all summer long. We ended up doing about 1,500 kids throughout the summer, uh, including some family sessions. Did you have family sessions where families came, God parents no. went off, kids went off, they separated them, and um, they treated the parents like they had diabetes? No. Um. <laughs> we did not do that. I wouldn't have went to camp. Well, the, the parents only saw the kids, like, at meals and in the evening in activities. Um, no, uh, my mom should go. She signed me off. She'd take <laughs> me to my little area. We'd make sure everybody had all the paperwork. And then she's like, bye, see you in a week. Bye. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, I, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, like I said, I did two years. Um, the first year I, I went as a camper, and then I came back, as a, and then I – took the next session and was a CIT um, and then I came back the next year as a camper but interestingly enough after I got out of nursing school I went back as the nurse um, it, it wasn't even the me. dog that did it this time or me it was the dog whisperer <laughs> um, so I deci <coughs> decided when I got out of nursing school that, that was one of the things that I wanted to do to give back to the ADA because it was an ADA camp um, I wanted to go back and, and be the nurse um, mm -hmm. because when I was there, the nurses didn't have diabetes. Now, most of the counselors did. Uh, there were some that didn't, um, but they had a family member or somebody that they knew that had diabetes. Um, but most of the nurses didn't have any relationship to diabetes. It was a job for them. Um, <clears throat> and so I wanted to go back 
as a person with diabetes uh, and be a role model. Uh, so I went back and did that. I did that two summers. Um, and then when um, the last summer that I did it, uh, it was um, the last summer of Camp Glendon. They had sold it to um, a synagogue organization. Um, and so it was, it was very sad because the camp had been there 30-some years in that location. Um, and as we were doing our camp things, they're pulling in bulldozers and backhoes and things to tear the cabins down. Um, and, and we'll talk about what goes on at camp. And that was part of what we did in our last session. Um, and so camp, camp is a worthwhile experience for any child that has diabetes, whether newly diagnosed or um, not newly diagnosed, but never been around other kids with diabetes. It's, it's something to be in a group where everybody that you see has diabetes. Mm -hmm. It just becomes normal. Um, did you find that? Did you feel that way that you weren't feeling different? Yeah, definitely. Oh. Especially with like my pump infusion sites and having to give my shots and. Right. So you, um, yeah, you, you were um, more technologically advanced than I was. So um, when I was there, even up to the first year that I, um, no, I take that back. Uh, the, f the two years that I was there as a camper, um, we were still testing urine. Um, and so <coughs> even though camp, you're supposed to be relaxed and having fun, um, mandatory, get up at 630 so you can pee um, because you have to empty your bladder uh, because that's all old urine and that's not going to tell you anything. Um, and so that was the call at 630 in the morning in every cabin. Everybody up, void. And then everybody rolled out of bed so that they could take a pee. And then you go back to bed for a half an hour. Uh, and then the whole process starts. Everybody up, test, record. Uh, nurses come in and um, figure out insulins, and the day begins. Um, so that was uh, it was always a challenge because urine is no fun to test. No, uh, it's not. So have you ever tested your urine? Have you ever uh, had to have that opportunity? Yeah. What On besides the keto? keto sticks? Be, be, no, I mean the little chemistry kit where you got to put ten drops in and then five drops of water and then a little reactive tablet that burns the hell out of your hands if you hold the bottom of the test tube. I have not had that pleasure. Okay. Yeah, the keto sticks now. You're, you're <laughs> just keto this sticks. This <laughs> modern age diabetic, dip the stick in and read it. Yeah, um, and and there was even a little tablet for ketones too. It was a little white tablet, looked like an aspirin. And you take a drop of urine and put it on it, and it turns various shades of pink or purple, just like the keto sticks. Yeah, do. no. Um, um, yeah, so it became messy. It was just you know, had this whole lab set up in your bathroom because that was what you had to do. Um, so That's not awkward. Yeah. Um, at all. At all. And if you wanted to test while you were out, you had to take the chemistry set with you, um, which means you also had to take a little cup with you so that you could go somewhere. So, yeah, so camp was, was fun uh, in that respect, but, you know, it was life. Um, huh. My camp experience wasn't like that. Um, we woke up, test our blood sugars, poke our fingers, do uh -huh. all that fun stuff. We didn't have the sensors yet, right? so sensors we weren't that cool. But poked our fingers we didn't do a whole uh science experiment right right yeah so that was great okay. um i do remember one of the best things that i learned from camp is just because you have diabetes doesn't mean you don't you don't use it as a crutch or right. as an excuse right exactly and that's just something i think is so important for kids 
nowadays to learn. Um, just because you have diabetes, it's not a crutch to hold you back from life. Right, right. Yeah. It's, it, it's not something that holds you back, although I will say in one or two instances I said, oh, I can't do that because I have diabetes. <laughs> just because I didn't I mean, want to do it. <laughs> like, oh. I cheered my whole life. Right. I went to camp. I hiked. I swam. Mm-hmm. I did the archery stuff. Right. Um, we had cool, um, I don't know what it's called. But, like, we'd walk on the sticks and we'd balance up in the air. Right, the challenge courses. Yes, we had the challenge courses. Mm -hmm. Those were so fun. Um, Like, you did it all just like a regular kid. Right, exactly. Just with diabetes. Right, except that you had that added step of, I need to know what my blood sugar is. Because I'm not going 40 feet in the air if there's a chance that my blood sugar is teetering on becoming low. Mm -hmm. And I think at that age, it's just more aware of knowing your body. Knowing when your body's high, knowing when right. your body's low. Because they didn't have us test constantly at camp unless we right. felt low. Right. It was fasting, blood sugar, lunch, snack, or bedtime. You see, whenever um, our kids, so now, now I'm talking as the nurse, whenever our kids were doing those high-risk activities, and we had all of those high-risk activities, mm-hmm. um, we made sure when they started that their blood sugars were high enough to be acceptable that that activity was not going to drop them and we weren't going to have have a crisis because not because of the diabetes but because now they were no longer able to take care of themselves um and you know we always every every counselor had a fanny pack of glucose tabs and crackers and yeah our counselors carried a backpack yeah it was like the saint bernard with his little barrel you know Mm -hmm. it's kind of how we compared ourselves uh including the nurses we all had our own fanny packs and things and glutose and you know we have multiple ways to bring your blood sugar back up yeah um and uh, so yeah we would always test um just so that you knew uh that you were prepared to do that Uh, and you know knowing your body is really important um but of course as you get older with your diabetes the things 10 years ago that you thought you knew might not necessarily be true now as you age with diabetes um so it's really, you know, that, that testing, because now it's so, well, I won't say it's so cheap, but like if you have a sensor, it's cheap. Yeah. It doesn't cost you anything, because it's there. you got to have it anyway, so you might as well just test. Um, whereas, you know, strips aren't cheap by any means, even when they reduce the cost. They're still not cheap. Um, but, you know, you got to ask yourself, what is, your, um, what is your diabetes health worth in that respect? But I understand what you're saying, you know. you. Um, so... And you might have had limited supplies, too. Um, you know, camps don't have it unlimited stuff. It we is are. New Mexico. Um, Not that it's a bad thing. We're just more of a lower-income state for right. everybody who doesn't know. Right, exactly. Um, it's harder for us to get that funding that we need to run right. programs like this. Right, exactly. And, and so they were doing the best that they could do, mm-hmm. getting you tested as, as yeah, frequently and safely. Yeah, our parents have to. We have to provide our own insulin. We have to provide our test strips for the week, our syringes. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow, I was spoiled. Or they have to <laughs> uh, have a written prescription by the doctor, and then they'll go pick up the prescription from the in-town pharmacy. Right. Um, yeah. Wow. So... I, uh, unless you were on um, some medication that was non-diabetic mm-hmm. related, um, all of your medication was provided. The camp provided all the insulins, um, all the syringes, all the test strips, all the meters, and we had two or three meters to pick from. And yeah. um, Because the, the pharmaceutical companies gave it to us. 
mm-hmm. um, in exchange for them coming out and talking to the campers. Yeah. Uh, which, hey, we got free supplies. For sure. Well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, we never ran out of insulin. That was never an issue. Uh, no, well, we didn't either, but. <laughs> but you brought your own, and so you brought enough to make sure that you had it. But we yeah. never, you know, that was one thing we always told parents. Or we they're like, the okay, here's my kid's insulin note. Take it home. Mm-hmm. We don't want it here. Um, you know, because we, we got boxes of insulin, brand new. From and the, they? You know, and like, cool. And that way we knew that it was good. And. Mm-hmm. And it worked, and there was nothing wrong with it. A lot of kids were on the pump. Right. For my camps. Right. A lot of them are on the pumps. It was crazy. And yeah. I remember it was cool to be on the pump because right. everybody had a different color. So we would compare <laughs> colors. So you were, you were the cool kids at camp. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Especially if you if your parents let you choose your color of insulin pump. Right. You were cooler. You were cooler because you got a little choice in there. Yeah. Okay. We got to say so. So like it was. Like mine was pink. It was. Oh, I don't doubt that. Probably had some glitter on it too as you added oh i should have bedazzled it that was a thing Uh back (gasps) yeah it was i figured you would have had some bedazzle on it i would have if i would have thought about it now yeah yeah well aren't you getting a pump yeah but it comes with the cool little sticky faces that i could put the faces on it it, i can yeah yeah okay so Um, was there any um Tension between the kids that had pumps, the the the, the haves and the not haves. No, <laughs> not at all. They just cared for our diabetes differently, and it was cool to see how all that education came together. Mm-hmm. I mean, now that I see it from an adult point of view, right. it's pretty neat how we all worked together in that sense. Right. To do that. Right. But. It's not all about diabetes and education as much as we learn. I mean, I gave my first shot at camp but i felt a little bit intimidated because right, everybody else there was giving their shots and your I'm mom like, had been giving you your shots up to that point yeah yeah okay okay yeah but um yeah. everybody there was giving themselves their shots and mm-hmm. i felt like i was a little behind the cool kids okay okay i may have gotten okay. cold spoiled by a few kids but <laughs> that's um, um as as somebody who's worked the camps that is the main goal yeah if we do nothing else um, by the end of the session, 100% of the campers are giving their own shots. Yeah, and it's campers who were just diagnosed maybe like three months ago. And yeah. guess what? They're going home being able to know it's okay, mm-hmm. being able to recognize high and low blood sugars, right. give their self shots. Right. And at our camp, we had to do our own carb counting if we were carb counting. Right. And right. the um, camp counselor would check it over and make sure it was correct. Right. I mean, so you go home with so much knowledge. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we, so uh, when I was a camper, we were still using the exchange list. Okay. Um, and um, for those of you not familiar with the exchange list, the American Diabetes Association and the American Dietetic Association put together a manual of food broken down into My carbs. My mom might still have one of those books. I, I still have mine. Um, Carbs, proteins, fats, milk, you know, all the, the food groups. And then your dietitian, when you were diagnosed, would tell you each meal you get X number of carbohydrates and all of that. So you learned what you needed to eat. So you looked it up. Mm-hmm. Okay, I want to have this. Find it in the book. What's the serving size and what is, what is it equal? Um, and so at camp, you know, we, we had dietitians at camp, and they, they reviewed everybody's um, meal plans uh, and adjusted them for activity. Uh, so when you came there, 
your first meal there was a lot different than what the night before's meal was when you left home um, because they've adjusted it for activity and, and all that. Um, and there was some pushback from, from like, the new diabetics mm-hmm. um, that w- didn't understand why that was. They're like, no, that's not, that's not what I eat. And we're like, just trust us. You're, you're, you're going to. I was like that all five years, four years old there. So. <laughs> why don't I find that hard to believe? Um, <laughs> um, I mean, I'm not difficult on purpose. Okay, guys, I don't realize when I'm being difficult till after the fact. Right, until somebody difficult. looks at her and goes, why are you being so difficult, Tisha? Just, can't you just go with the flow? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and so they would put it up on the board. We had you know, a bulletin board, and, and each item would have what a serving was and what that equaled. You know, one serving is a carb or one serving is a protein. Mm-hmm. And then it was served family style. And then it was up to you to yeah. take the right stuff. And, of course, the counselors always checked. Like, mm-hmm. they checked your carb counts. Um, they always made sure that nobody was eating more. What they didn't account yeah, for. what they didn't count for. Um, and it wasn't yes. as big of a deal for us because there was no carb counting. You had a pretty much flat rate insulin because yeah. we didn't have pumps. Um, so it wasn't as big of a deal, although it still would make your blood sugars go up. Mm-hmm. Um, we also made sure that the kids ate enough, too. Yeah. Because otherwise, you know, they, they were pretty active. Well, uh, one thing that I did like about the Camp Nutrition is... <laughs> They uh they give you menus, but they're normal menus. But they also allow you to learn that, oh, just because I'm diabetic, I can eat that. I just have to take more insulin. So, like, right. we had a s'mores night. We had a caramel apple night. I mean, right. yes, we had it limited, but it was to show us and educate us mm-hmm. that you could still eat that. You right. just have to take care of yourself while eating that exactly yeah we, we didn't have that freedom um as much mm-hmm. you know we, we were limited on the quote-unquote real foods yeah you know because ice cream and angel food cake and pound cake were in the exchange list um that's a lot of carbs there's a lot of carbs in them <laughs> um but again you then so you looked at your you know your meal plan and said okay well it's this is three carbs what am i willing to not eat in usually dinner Mm-hmm. Um, to have that, yeah, or snack, because back then there was it was breakfast, lunch, dinner, midday snack, evening snack, mm-hmm. just because most kids were on NPH um, twice a day, yeah, uh, and so you have to for for our sound guy over here, um, so NPH um, peaks, so it goes up and it goes back down, and so if you take it twice a day, it peaks twice a day, and usually it peaks in the middle of the morning. And in the middle of the evening before you go to bed. And so you have to feed the insulin. Uh, so there was always snacks throughout the day, uh, which, you know, didn't help with our weight. You know, because you had no, to I eat. No, I could imagine. You know, you had to eat. It was, it was not. S- but that was all part of, you know, whatever calorie diet. And we were on calorie diets. You know, usually That's 15 to 1,800 calorie diets. Uh, and that determined how much you ate. You know, how many carbs you had, how many protein you had, yeah. and all that. Um, we don't do that now because now we have carb counting. Um, and, you know, those carb to insulin ratios. What? I said I do that. You do that now. Yeah. You do carb counting now. But we didn't have that. That No, I do. And count. bolusing didn't exist. So, you know. So were your guys' blood sugars just like a roller coaster? Yeah. So if it went up, you Ugh. just waited till the next time to have insulin. Um, I didn't understand that. As I got to be in my... I was probably oh, I would have been 14 or 15. Oh, I was exhausted. Um, I said, you know, this doesn't make sense because your body produces insulin. Although it produces insulin all 24 hours yeah. a day. 
when you eat, when you put something in your mouth, your mouth salivates, you know, you think about that when you're hungry and you put something in your mouth, your mouth produces saliva. Well, that turns your pancreas on, turns mm-hmm. your stomach on to prepare it. Your pancreas kicks in insulin because your brain kind of has an idea of what you're going to eat. And yeah. And then once things start to metabolize, the pancreas knows how much insulin to give. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I said, well, why am I, why aren't I taking insulin if my blood sugar is up? Or why aren't I taking insulin if I'm going to eat something that's not in a plan, you know, that's not breakfast or lunch or yeah. snack, um, that only made sense to me. So I started bolusing before bolusing was a thing. Um, did it always work? No. But also the insulin sucked. Yeah. So we only had regular insulin. Um, I let it just come out. Um, uh, or Humulin had just come out several years after I was diagnosed. And that was really good. It was the sim- most similar chemistry we had to human insulin, and it's humulin, um, but it wasn't it wasn't human insulin, mm-hmm. but it it did work. Yeah. Um, you know, so uh, they didn't teach that in camp, but what they taught was to think like that, because yeah. you you know my my parents' rationale for me to go to camp was this is my disease, and eventually they're not going to be around. And I'm going to need to manage it myself. Yeah. Um, and then they sent my brother, who is nine years older than I am, uh, figuring when they're gone, he would be responsible for me. I don't know why they thought I needed somebody to be responsible for me, but um, they figured he should know um, how to deal with diabetes. Yeah. Um, does he know? No. Uh, I'm not sure he got anything out of camp for a week. He uh, tried. N- no, he didn't try. Okay, well, then he got a free week at camp. He didn't try. He um, <laughs> he got the experience. So, let's see, I was 12. My brother was 21. Um, they thought my brother was a 21-month-old. And the dietician made a meal plan for a 21-month-old, which is not a lot of food. Well. <laughs> and he tried for a couple of days, and I looked at that and went, that's not right. That's <laughs> not enough food. There's, I eat more than that. And then we went to the dietitian, and she went, oh, your brother's not 21 months old? No, he's an adult. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so they were giving him, like, like vegetable puree? Well, no, 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 just calorie-wise. Like he wasn't getting enough food. So where I was getting, like, for breakfast, I was getting three carbohydrate exchanges. He was getting one. Okay. <laughs> they weren't, like, putting jars of baby food? No, 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 no. No, he would have been almost two, almost yeah. two-year-olds eat regular food. Yeah, I guess but so. they were just giving him less calories, um, and he didn't know any different. And he didn't, you know. He was all happy with his one carb, like yeah, guys. Uh, but no, he wasn't because my brother liked to eat. I, my brother was like a rail; he was skinny like a rail. He could eat anything, mm. um, and so he was hungry. Um, and so we uh, we were fortunate enough that the camp was close to a town. That we could um, ride bicycles to on, on free time. So we had, I don't know whether your camp did that, but there were periods where you weren't obligated to do anything. Um, you were off. You could do whatever you wanted. No. Our um, camp is in the middle of the mountains. Yeah, so that probably would be a good thing. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah, we, we weren't. Um, we were outside of Baltimore. And, um, and so there was a little general store about two miles from the camp. And they had bicycles there. So he and I went and took a bicycle and drove down to the general store and I've never seen somebody so happy to have a Coke and a bag of M&M's 
of a real Coke and a bag of M&M's. Because uh, there was no, you know, you know, in camp, there's yeah. no sugary stuff. Except for that stuff that they want you to learn how to eat. But, you know, yeah, the counselors had that stuff in their counselor. Um, it was locked. Yeah. We tried to get in one time. Yeah. Um, but I've never seen somebody so happy. And then we came back, the dietitian had reworked his, his meal well, plan. Well, glad she realized. <laughs> yeah. He was old enough. Yeah. Hmm. So. No. Um, so what kind of things did you do there? What was your activity like? Um, my activity was very busy. Busy. Okay. Yes. Some days I would do art. Depended. But we got to choose our activities the day before. Right. For the following day. Um, so I did like the ropes course. We had a ropes course. Right. Um, did the challenge course. Oh. Uh, there was like soccer and things on the field that we could do. I did right. those. Archery. I try to avoid considering the archery was my science teacher. Right. Okay. Yeah, and um, his so wife knew my mother. Did your science teacher have diabetes? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, well, that's kind of cool. Yeah. He had type 1 diabetes, Mr. Brown. Okay. Well, that's kind of cool. So, you had some kind of relationship there, at least. Yes, but... Um, let's see. So he was my middle school teacher. So I was like, what, 11, 10, 11. Yeah, not cool. It's not really cool teacher, at all. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. I understand. Tried to avoid him at yeah. all costs. Right. Right. All total costs. Um, did art. Uh, we did like weaving and crafts. We right. did a bunch of stuff like that. Okay. Um, there was hiking. I really liked going on the hikes. Right. A uh, bunch of trail stuff trying to think what else we did we would do swimming like together everybody um but those are my mostly sports depended on what my friends were doing and right Right. what your cabin or bunk was doing i'm sure you had like bunk activities to do yeah we had those too and then there's like creative classes and things like that it was pretty cool right i had a lot of fun at camp my favorite thing to do though my favorite all time. I looked forward to it all week. Was the Friday was either the Friday or Saturday, the last night that they were there. Uh-huh. They had a dance. Of course, you have an obligatory dance. You have yes. to have the camp dance. You yes. have to have the camp dance. Right. And we get ready. Right. We got to do our nails, our hair. Right. Um. Super exciting and fun. So where did they hold the dance? Did you have a pavilion they had or a, a gym. building or they had a gym? Okay, mm-hmm. so you had a building where it was held. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. That's yeah, cool. It was I, super I fun. Had drinks and the sugar-free cookies uh-huh. and a DJ. So. That's cool. It was cool. That was my favorite part. Right. Everybody looks forward to the Everybody, dance. Everybody, yeah. So was that your first real dance with your boyfriend? Yeah, one of those. One of those. <laughs> So, so tell Not me a little more about the boyfriend. Not when I was or nine or, I don't know, I was like in middle school. So, so um, tell, tell us more about the boyfriend. Well, he traveled from Colorado to New Mexico every year to come to the camp. Uh-huh. Yeah. So this was a serious camp. This is, diabetes serious. camp is They're pretty serious. serious. Yeah, but especially but in this area, not. it doesn't, I mean, people travel. Yeah, and so. it's just weird because it depends how close the camp is to you versus the camp in your state. Right. right. For him, we were clo- it was closer for him to drive down here than to drive across Colorado. Right. And New Mexico doesn't um. have an ADA any longer. They Mm-mm. share it with Arizona. Yeah. Uh, so the ADA office is in Arizona. Um, 
So yeah, yeah there's kids from Texas at my camp. Yeah, yeah, we had kids from all over the United States come to ours. Not only all over the United States, all over the world. Mm-hmm. We, we 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 were that type of camp. We had um, a camp in Chile that was starting up. Oh, nice. And so they came to Glendon to learn how to do the camp, and they brought their docs, their nurses, their counselors, the whole camp, and some That's campers. Awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, and nobody spoke a word of English. That's horrible. And we didn't speak a word of Spanish. <laughs> um, but we managed. Well, yeah. I um, mean, we managed to talk to the babies when they're babies. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it was cool. And, and they learned a lot. You know, so their administrators met with, you know, had spent the days with our administrators to learn mm-hmm. that, that aspect of it. But, you know, the rest of the, you know, the medical staff, we all hung out together and, um, they, they oh yeah I'd get all upset because I'd see the staff leave and then come back with leftovers from whatever restaurant they went to right I'm like that's so unfair you guys sh- that's cool you guys gotta go eat but you shouldn't be able to bring your leftovers back we weren't allowed to we weren't allowed to bring any we could go out mm-hmm. and we could bring it back but we had to make sure that nobody saw it, it yeah we saw our counselors all the time you couldn't you, you weren't allowed to do that that was, that was just against the rules and you couldn't eat it in the dining hall so if it was dinner time and you were off and you went out and got something and brought it back, you Very had to eat it in your cabin or in the nurse's station away from the campers because they yeah. didn't want them seeing the real food. Um, so that was, um, that was kind of challenging. Um, hmm. But you know, was the, the, those are the rules. Yeah, they are the rules. Um, so. um, camp was fun. I remember the swimming we used to play like polo games uh-huh. and yeah, everything. Did you have movie night? Did you guys have a big projector with movies? We did not. Oh wait, never mind. Was it another camp you went to? No, that was that camp. I oh. didn't go to another camp, but your oh. camp. Okay. Um, well, I didn't know that they had projectors. Yes, we had projectors. Okay. <laughs> did we have projectors? Um, yes, did they have any other kinds of shows? I'm asking because. When I went to camp, that they would just have like a night where be, they're they're like we assume that like some of these kids like I don't know, sing or right. you know a talent show put yeah, together show. a skit or something mm-hmm. like that. Did they do that? Yeah, we did a talent show. Yeah, a talent show. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we um we didn't have per se a talent show because we had you know college age counselors, uh, and some of them were theater students and things, so they would put together a show. And I know. Um, the first year that I was there, we did um, Free to Be You and Me. You familiar with that? No. Uh, it it sounds a, familiar. It's um, it's a positivity play. I mean, it was very popular. It was, it was on Broadway and um, about children growing up and, and free to be who they want to be. Um, and so there were some skits and some songs and just about and, and it fit into the camp but is it general positivity yes general positivity i have to see this oh yeah it's good uh, it was marlo thomas mel brooks um have you seen free to be you and me we're watching it tonight you gotta find it i'm not sure where you would find it but okay it it it, it was really good um and so i was one of those theater kids cool Obviously, you've seen me on stage. Yeah, so. it's very <laughs> fun to watch the counselors make fools of themselves. Yeah. yeah. That was one of the best parts. Yeah, and there was awful. parodies, and, yeah. you know, we, we, we did that, too. Um, Each cabin. Um, right, then you had cabin things. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 
we yeah. even got to draw a few years in a row we got to draw like our own little symbol so that was our symbol we put on our door right so you're doing that hunger games kind of yes. thing yeah okay Okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah, we were pre-Hunger Games. Sorry. Um, <laughs> we were you pretty get savage. To pick which cabin you were in ever? No. Uh, no. Ours went by no. age group. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. By grade, actually. Right, so, right, like, right, all right. the, yeah. what, eight? So, what, all the fourth graders, all the fifth graders, all the sixth graders. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was kind of how our, ours was. And then they had the middle school, the kids' cabins quite a distance from the middle school and the middle school and high schoolers were like completely on the opposite sides of the camp. Right. Right. So we um, didn't have all our ages at the same time. Yeah. So we had enough of each group to fill 12 cabins. Um, oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. And so we, we had, um, so it went up to 14, I think 14 or 15. And then after that you had to be a CIT or a counselor. Okay. And you couldn't come as a kid. Um, and a lot of kids, you know, that were diagnosed, like when you were young, worked their way up to counselor. You know, they just came every year. We had a guy um, who was American, but his father worked for the oil industry, and he would come from Abu Dhabi every oh, nice. year. Um, and his dad would fly him back. And, you know, and, and he had a girlfriend <laughs> that he would meet at camp. And, you know, they, they maintained their relationship. They, they had the probably the longest, long-distance relationship. Um, for teenagers, um, but they they maintained it for many many years. Huh. Uh, so that's uh, impressive. Which was surprising. Not that not that his girlfriend wasn't cute because she was cute, but he was a good looking kid. Uh, but I guess maybe his choices weren't real high in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> um, so, uh, but yeah, there was um, er every girl in camp wanted to date Dan. Um, Dan, if you're listening, I saw it. Okay. But uh, no, he was very faithful. It was kind of neat. Um, yeah, he was, he was that kind of kid. Um, so, but no, you didn't get to pick your cabin. No. Were they were, were they all named after Native American tribes? So <laughs> my camp was in in Maryland. Yeah. Um, and so they were all named after uh, trees. 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 So we had redwood, birch, sequoia, oak, mulberry, maple. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember. What the cabins were named? Nope. Uh. Yeah, they were named after trees. Okay. Because so, it was in the woods. The, the nice. camp was in the woods. And I imagine probably all those trees were in the woods there yeah. somehow. So hmm. uh, it was pretty cool. It was so fun. Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, not fun going to the showers because uh, they were also in the woods, and which meant the spiders freely came in and bathed as well. Um, so th and we had bathrooms. We just didn't have shower. We didn't have bathing facilities, but we had toilets in all the cabins. Um, but no. the, the spiders freely used that, too. No, ours was like we had to walk. It wasn't Did you go to the nice bathroom, walk. too? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, we didn't have that problem, thank God. It was horrible. I don't recommend it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, like, it's dark, and they're like, oh, you got to take your flashlight, and we'll come with you. And it's like, this is creepy. Yeah, to go to the bathroom. Like mountain lions the whole time. Well, Bears. For her, yeah. For yeah, us, yeah. We, we were suburban. I mean, we were just on the uh -huh, outskirts uh -huh. of a suburban area. Um, I mean, we do have bears and things And in then that you area. scream if you hear any noise and wake up all the cabins. <laughs> right, right. Something's walking I through the woods. I screamed one time, and then something. I heard, like, four screams after me, and I was like, right, yes. I think and I just woke them up. up. Four cabins. <laughs> yes. 
now the counselors <laughs> are having to put them back to bed. Yeah. Um, I didn't take no credit for that. No, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, were there ever any... Okay, first of all, how long were the sessions? A week. A week? For me. Um, so ours were a week to two weeks, depending on a the week age. To two weeks. So the older kids got two weeks. Were there ever any controversies, like uh, <sighs> people got homesick and like oh, tried yeah. to split, <laughs> no. or like so and so didn't take their so and so, or <laughs> took too much of their so and so? Like, was there? Did that? Did that happen a lot? <laughs> Go ahead. Don't Nobody don't. tried to leave our camp, uh, at <laughs> least not that I'm aware of. Um, I don't know about taking too much stuff. I mean, I took too much clothes. I'm not going to lie to you. I was prepared for every season coming towards me. Um, it's New Mexico. Yeah, mm. you never mm. know, even in the summertime. Right. Um, but no, I mean, I remember one time somebody brought their pager and it went off in, like, the cabin. Right. But that's it, really. Yeah, we didn't have that Nothing crazy. <laughs> Nothing crazy that was brought to everybody's attention. Right. Right. We um, we didn't have any elopers, so we didn't have anybody run away. But we had this little kid, um, so we had um a, a good many underprivileged children. Yeah. Um, because I don't know about here, but back in Baltimore, nobody got turned away, whether you could afford it or not. That's cool. Um, if you couldn't, they oh found the good. money and where'd the money come from? Donors. Cool. Mm -hmm. so, um, I think I had a donors first few years. Yeah, I had a scholarship, uh, my <laughs> first year. Um, I don't understand why I had a scholarship because my father could have afforded it. But um, um, my mom said that the ADA encourages everybody to apply for it. And that may have been it, and they just gave it to and me. So. You get it, you get it, you don't, you don't. Yeah, well, but my father could have afforded it. I mean, my father yeah. made good money, and that wasn't an issue. And if anything, his boss would have paid for it. So, um, but so we had <laughs> we were we were probably twenty miles from Baltimore City. Uh, so we had a lot of inner city kids that would come in. And this was really their first time out of the city. You know, you see those documentaries and movies and things about the city kids going out and seeing things growing. Well, this that was kind of what it was. Um, and <laughs> this little boy, he was probably nine maybe. He did not want to be there. Did not want to be there. Fought tooth and nail when his mother dropped him off. I mean, it was one of those he was holding on to the car. And we're like, come on, let mama go. Um, and then she like took off, uh, and then he was miserable. Poor kid. Uh, yeah, I mean, we tried our best to to make him have a good time. <laughs> and make him. Uh, make <laughs> him have a good time. I mean, how could you not have a good time? You know, he just didn't want to be there. Yeah, nine's so old fun. enough to be stoked about it. Yeah, and and his and I think part of his was a lot of anger, um, because his diabetes came from medication. He had pharmaco-induced diabetes, oh. so he had. Uh, he had another condition that required lots of prednisone and the prednisone killed his pancreas. Um, and so he didn't get good. it the, re the way the so rest of us got it through natural causes. He was, mm -hmm. he like was see his resentment. Yeah. Uh, and he had, um, diabetic glaucoma from it. Ooh, nine so years young? old with glaucoma. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Poor um, guy. And so he was angry and, you know, we understood that we, you know, we, we were tolerant of that, but the counselors <laughs> got fed up one day and packed all his shit. <laughs> Yeah, these two big suitcases, they packed it all. <laughs> they put it out at the end of the road. <laughs> they what? said, there's your stuff. There's the payphone. Call your mother. What? <laughs> Are you kidding me? No. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and he looked at them like, what? You can't do that. Uh -huh. You don't want to be here. 
Yeah. So we kind of can. We packed your stuff and you can call your mother. But I don't want to leave. Huh? Ah, so mm. he's having some type of fun. Yeah, and that's and that's basically broke it down. Like that worked. Yeah, it worked. Cool. And the counselors brought his two big it's suitcases back in. an extreme parenting method. It was an extreme yeah. parenting method. Yeah, you know something about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and so it worked. But for like three or four days, he was just miserable and just nasty and didn't want to participate in anything. And uh, there was no way to get through to him. They finally said, you know, we're, we're tired of, of your BS. And they packed his stuff up and <laughs> said, you can leave then. It worked. In our next episode, we'll hear more about Tim and Tisha's camp experiences in part two of this three-part camp special. You can contact us at that one type podcast at gmail.com. That's the number one. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.